Welcome to Daha Chinese History and Culture Podcast. Here we are offering you the constructional Chinese history and what's the thoughts, origins, and background knowledge behind the stories. We also provide several Chinese vocabularies related with the story to help you understand and memorize. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm Jiro, the co-host and the Chinese language teacher in Daha Chinese. Hi, I'm Caroline. I'm the founder of Daha Chinese. Today, we're going to discuss a very important figure in Chinese history who saved countless lives. His name is Yu, also known as the Great Yu. That's right. He is the ancestor of the first royal family in ancient Chinese history. By passing his throne to his son Qi, established the Xia Dynasty as the first dynasty. And why the dynasty Xia is called the Xia is actually from its tribe's name. It is the Xia Hou Shi. So the Xia Dynasty is based on their tribe's name. Yes, before Yu, the throne was given to the most talented individual. Rather than the leader's own son, this means that Yu initiated the system of hereditary succession. 继承 right? We talked about this in last episode. Yeah, it should be like 世袭继承 Oh wow, <laughs> really high level. Yeah, sentence. So at least according to the version of historical books that influenced by Confucianism, he is the first one. Yes, as we mentioned earlier, Confucius added a story to make his philosophy more widely accepted and believable. Yeah, actually, Qi was also one of the prince that supported by many tribes. So he actually prioritized blood relations over the system of Shanrang. However, the Qi is also a very good ruler at that time. Yeah, I think it just happened that the Yu's son, Qi, is also very capable to rule the tribe. Yeah. Okay. So even today, we still hear stories about Yu or the Great Yu. Yes, he must have done something right to be remembered and recorded by Confucius from a positive perspective. Ha! Those who strongly adhere to Confucianism might want to ban our podcast. But given that Yu successfully resolved a problem, there is no doubt he naturally gained power over the tribes. And eventually became the ruler of the first dynasty. Before we dive into today's story, let's introduce the three key words in the story. The first one, Hong Shui. Hong Shui means the flood. The second, Ren Wu. Ren Wu, or sometimes you might heard Ren Wu. Ren Wu means mission. The third one, Zhi Li. Zhili means to manage or management. The first, Hongshui, the flood. The story of the name was actually really interesting. Let's see the word Hong on the left side. The radical with three dots represents the water, and the right part is Gong, which was a name of the 
flood that Yu managed to place. So the word Hong was actually means the flood in the Gong province. And now we call the flood in Chinese Hong Shui. Yeah, the pronunciation of Gong and Hong is quite similar. And also the Gong means together. So we can also explain this as uh, all the tribes at that time were suffered together Gong Tong by the Hong Shui. You can hear the similar pronunciation of Gong and Hong. Next is Ren Wu mission. We say a mission. I have a mission. Yeah, there's a movie series act by Tom Cruise, which is 不可能的任务, Mission Impossible. Last one is 治理, to manage or management. Please take note that when using the word 治理, should only be in a publican-related situation. We could say, 雨治理洪水 That makes the life of people, 人民, better. So we can say, 大雨治理洪水让人民有更好的生活 The 大雨 managed the flood makes people a better life. Okay, so we have the three words. The first one, Hong Shui, the flood. Ren Wu, mission. Zhi Li, to manage or management. Now, let's get into the story. It was around 3000 BC when a great flood, Hong Shui, plagued the China, with torrential rain submerging entire hills and valleys. Year after year, masses of people were left homeless and forced to flee to mountaintops. No one knew how to tackle with flood, and no one could handle this mission. Perhaps only God could manage this headache. After relentless urging from his advisors, Emperor Yao appointed a distant relative named Kun to take this mission. The Emperor Yao told to manage the ongoing flood. Quin spent nine years building dams and dikes to barricade the waters. But his efforts were to no avail. The flood continued to rise higher and higher. It seemed unstoppable. During this time, the aging emperor Yao chose his successor, Shun. After Shun, acceded to the throne, he toured his kingdom and found Quin was incapable of managing Zhili. the flood. Quin was disposed of, and his son Dayu, was put in his place to continue this impossible mission. Renwu. After Dayu received this important mission, Renwu. he thoroughly changed his father's methods. He personally traveled the entire country with a select group of aides to study geography, measure elevation, and mark down river channels. He worked with ordinary people to dredge the riverbeds, opening river courses, and allowed flood to drain into the ocean. Furthermore, 
He also built a system of canals, so the waters could irrigate the farmers' fields. Dayu staunchly continued this mission, Wu, for 13 years. It was said that he soaked so long in muddy waters that all the hairs on his legs rubbed off. He worked so long under the scalding sun that his skin was tanned to a very dark brown. He shoveled so long, dredging riverbeds that his hands were calloused beyond recognition. But after 13 unflagging years, the flood that had troubled two generations was successfully managed. The management of the flood, Hongshui, reminds me of a famous story in the Bible, the flood and the Ark of Noah. Yeah, there are numerous ancient records that talk about the flood, Hongshui, and we don't know if they occurred in the same era, but flood, Hongshui stories exist in ancient China, ancient Babylonian, and Christian stories. So, Jill, would you like to share the story of Noah with us? Sure. The story goes like this. One day, the God in heaven couldn't take it anymore, became angry with the people because they were doing many bad things for a long time. Like, they rob, they fight, and lying to everyone. So he was sad and decided to destroy the people. However, there was one good person named Noah who gladly respected God and obeyed his command. Noah and his family were chosen to be saved. What? God wanted to kill people? Well, the concept is somewhat similar to the idea of heaven, isn't it? In Chinese history, if an emperor was deemed unfit for his position, natural disaster would occur. See, yeah, I see. The mandate of heaven, Tianming, right? So, have people tried to find evidence of the flood, Hongshui? Yeah, I think in a part of the world, I don't really remember exactly where, but they discovered the ark and the other historical things about the flood. Wow, that sounds amazing! Similarly, the Yu in China, the Da Yu in China, some people have also tried to find evidence of floods. They have prospered various explanations for the presence of similar flood stories, Hong Shui, in different cultures. For China, the Yellow River, Huanghe, is considered their mother river, but it carries a significant amount of sediment, causing it to accumulate and become higher than the surrounding buildings. Wow, that's impressive. So you mean that there was a river higher than people's houses? Oh yeah, it does sound dangerous. However, the river doesn't flow over the houses, otherwise everything could be in the river, right? So the river is situated on land that has accumulated sediments over time, making it higher. For example, my ancestors probably didn't think it was higher than their house, but over time, 
it gradually became higher and higher. Eventually, it can even surpass the height of a large house. In fact, currently, it is already 10 meters higher than the city for now. That doesn't sound fun at all. Uh -huh. And it's extremely dangerous. Mm. What if the dam breaks? People living nearby would drown. It's not just drowning. You can calculate how many floors it is higher than the city. On average, a floor is about 3 meters tall. So if the dam were to break, people below the third floor would likely die. I have helped many social studies teachers develop their Chinese culture classes. And there's a very specific term in the textbook called Chinese sorrow, referring to the floods Hongshui and the Yellow River things. Interesting. Why would American textbooks discuss this? Uh, they include it when introducing the geography of China. I believe it's crucial for students to learn more about the world. If they want to explore Asia further, it's very important to talk about Chinese history. Geography is a part what influences history. By understanding the geography, students can then understand the climate, environment, and the thoughts nurtured by the land, as well as how they spread to the world. We are currently developing an online course to assist teachers in teaching Chinese history and culture. If you are interested, please don't be hesitate to click the link below. Absolutely. It's great material and good stuff. So remember to click the link below to know all the details about the course. I completely agree that our history is closely intertwined with the geography and climate of the place we live. We have conducted extensive research on how English textbooks discuss Chinese history. It's interesting because it gives me a different perspective on our culture and history. However, some ideas are unfamiliar to me because as a Chinese person or a Taiwanese, I'm already immersed in the culture. So when building the course, I aim not only to add more stories to the facts mentioned in the textbooks, but also to provide reflections on present-day issues, including international matters. Apart from the course, I remember you also host workshops to help teachers prepare for their Chinese history lesson. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so last time we covered Confucianism and Silk Road. They are both very popular topics for those teachers. I know there are more topics that teachers are eager for us to discuss. So, if you are interested in any particular topics, there's a link below as well about our workshop videos. If you are interested, you can also click the link below. That's true. During the previous workshops, I saw the participants on the screen. All the teachers had smiles on their face. <laughs> that means they were truly satisfied and found the information you shared valuable and interesting. It's undoubtedly helpful for their lessons. Yeah, 
I'm grateful the active participants and support from the workshop attendees. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to hit the follow and click the bell on the Spotify so you won't miss any of our episodes. And feel free to share with us your thoughts in the comments. We will share your story in our podcast. You can also join our Facebook page by clicking the link below. Also follow us on Instagram, Da Hua Chinese. You can also send us personal messages. We would love to hear from you.、Hmm. If you are interested in clear framework of Chinese dynasties, historical background, art, and lifestyles in different periods, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating. Great! Let's see you in the group as well as in the next episode of Da Hua Chinese History and Culture Podcast. Bye bye.